0: Welcome into to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host, Ruto, joined as always by A.J. Hayfley. If you didn't catch it, last night, Sunday evening, we did an entire 31-team fantasy starting lineup draft, drafting all of the best players in the NHL, three forwards, two defensemen, and a goaltender. We did our best to do everything positionally correct. We're relatively in the ballpark there. I'm going to call it close enough. Today, we are going to be looking at some of the teams that were drafted that we believe are the best cup contenders. Out of the bunch. So, it should be a fun show. We'll, uh, we'll see who we who we think has a chance to actually win here. AJ, should we start with our own teams? Sure. All right. We'll start with mine. I have a bunch of them grouped here, so I was Edmonton, so you can ignore all the other ones for the moment. I almost had a really good draft. I felt like I was building a win-now team and then for some reason panicked and took Oscar Klefbaum, Um, who if he was healthy, I'd feel great about. But given that he's not going to play next season – Leaves a gigantic hole in my defense. And then otherwise, John Gibson's locking it down in net. You have Malkin, who's assuming he doesn't fall off a cliff with age, is going to be very strong again next year. And then a goal scorer in Mantha and a, and a guy who can distribute pucks in Tatar. So I felt really good about it, but then just blew a hole in it with Clefbaum. It'd
1: be interesting to see what both Tatar and Mantha would do with the best center that they'd ever played with. Also true. Um, just out of curiosity, like what they might look
0: like um, with that high end of a talent, yeah,
1: yeah, with a guy like Malkin around him. Also, what Malkin would do without the protection of a guy like Crosby. You know, we've seen Crosby's been hurt and Malkin uh, plenty in his up, career, sure. and Malkin yeah. has gone ballistic. And yep. but it, this would be like a full time. You know, we're not talking about doing it for twenty games here. We're talking about you. AD this is too. your life now. Yep. So um I you know, I liked the team okay. Um the Nate Schmidt Oscar Clefbaum is your top pairing. Even with Clough even if Clefbaum's healthy, it's okay. Like it's you can you can go to battle with it every night. There are there were certainly worse choices. Yeah, exactly. uh, that there were worse combinations that people found their way to. But you know
0: i mean i i certainly knowing i had gibson in that mm-hmm. if, I, if i'm valuing gibson in the first round i have to say look i'm gonna trust that dude to take care of Use it. it yeah
1: <laughs> yeah definitely keying on it wouldn't have made sense to get gibson and then load up on a bunch of like
0: defensive extra dudes. defensive guys yeah, yeah. exactly
1: it's kind of it's kind of like what Vegas uh, did, where they they took Vasilevsky and then was like, "We're only going one direction with the puck."
0: <laughs> yep, yep. the The Vegas team was extremely offensive minded. I'm sure you'll see it in a little bit here, but uh, AJ, who had the New York Islanders, went Austin Matthews in the first round, had the fifth overall pick, so. So got the yeah. high end and then had the long wait kind of went Ryan Ellis yeah. and uh, Jonas Brodeen on defense, rounded out his wings with Ehlers and Kako and then went Cal Peterson in net. now. Yeah, go ahead. You can, you can defend your lineup here.
1: I don't see, I don't see how um, I, I don't see very many defensive combinations better than mine.
0: Certainly um, on the defensive side, that is elite.
1: Yeah, I mean Brodeen and Ellis is a top pairing. It's a true top pairing. Both of those guys have been at it for a long time. They've been excellent for a long time. Um, they're both they're both still young enough that I I'm kind of set and forget. They're both signed long term. I'm not having any issues with that with that pairing for the next certainly for the next five years. I'm not even thinking about it. Um Matthews and Ehlers up front Ehlers just had the best season of his career And has the kind of skating that I want And it's the kind of puck distributor That I'm looking for Next to an elite goal scorer Like Austin Matthews That combination No brainer to me Very easy Um, Took the big swing with Capo Cacao Coming off of a Truly disastrous rookie year I will tell you some of the other guys That I considered their um, TJ Oshie on that right side was a guy that I really looked at. Um, guy like Kyle Palmieri I really looked at. But older guys, I decided that I would rather just take the chance on the kid. You know, if I if I had different, if I had depth lines to work with, I probably would not have taken Kakao when I did. But because I don't have more than one line to work with, I'm saying... I'm, I'm the guy's a year removed from being the second overall pick. And I'm, I'm buying that he got better as the year went on and that he's still going to be the absolute star that both of us envisioned during last year's draft.
0: And I, I do think he will be that I do wonder, I mean, it's the question is, especially after how he got new used in New York is, does he help you win right now in this coming season?
1: Well, and it would be de- definitely a different job for him. Um, he was playing, you know, he was playing third, fourth line role with the Rangers last year. Now I have him playing next to Austin Austin Matthews and Nikolai Ehlers. So I'm saying doesn't I'm hurt. Turning, yeah, I'm turning the hurt. keys over to him, and I'm saying <laughs> no it's more, no excuse, no excuses, kid. Go out yeah. there and and dominate. And then Cal Peterson, I I might have been the last person to select a goaltender
0: pretty sure um, yeah <laughs> so
1: that was some of that is just everybody else took a goalie i kind of i kind of had my list of young guys that i liked peterson was on it he was the last one uh, it was either peterson or gorgiev from the rangers i i have always felt like gorgiev was a little overrated and that uh peterson needed to get a job but peterson's been stuck behind jonathan quick and jack campbell in la and so He hasn't really gotten very much time. When he has gotten that time, he's been great. He has a quality start percentage of over 60, and he has a 923 career save percentage. Now it's 19 games. Yeah,
0: right. That's where my problem is there.
1: There's a little projection here, but the goalie that I took last year was Thatcher Demko, and we had the same exact conversation of, well, now you're having a leap of faith, and nobody had anything to say when Evan took thatcher demko in the fourth round so i'm i'm in the same position i was last year where i took a chance on a goaltender and i'm feeling I've, i'm the one that feels okay with it everybody else looking at me with the side eye but i feel good about it i think i got proven right on thatcher demko i feel just fine about cal peterson to be honest i feel fine about my team the only cacao is really my only true question mark i feel better about peterson than i do Kakao.
0: Okay, i I feel better about Kako than I do about Peterson, but that's just in general. You could pick any goalie, and it could go south.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> straight up.
0: Um, so you kind of fully bought into that sentiment and and said, you know what, I'll just pick a goalie last I can, and if yeah, he gets hot, I, he gets hot, kind of deal.
1: I also, I also looked at the reality of the goaltending situation around the league, and that goaltenders shift like a third of the league shifts their net minders every single year. So even if it does not work out for me um, in net in year one with Peterson, I have a foundation that I love that I can rely on. I just need to go out and I need to fix my goaltending after year one. There's always goalies available. They're, they are always available.
0: Well, and this is something we talked about during the draft too. You go out and get a Cal Peterson, and if it's something that you're concerned about, uh, you would have gone with an earlier backup goaltender in the draft. Yeah, and
1: I mean, if my if my goaltenders were Anton Kudobin and Cal Peterson, I'm probably not having to defend myself here. Yeah, we just didn't have, we didn't go that route, and I wasn't going to take Kudobin because it felt a little traitorous.
0: (laughs) It did. It would have felt a little rough for sure to say the least so
1: as much as as much as my history means it's okay for me to have done that it's still a <laughs> much
0: yeah you gotta you gotta watch your step with uh yeah. with picking stars players that's all I'll say <laughs> um so a,
1: a decent amount of whom got selected I although I don't think Sagan was
0: I don't think Sagan was either. Who, to be fair, had a terrible playoffs, and and right. yes, we now and, know that was because of injury. But
1: and he is he's out for five months, and it's yeah. like with the the center roster limits, like Nick Backstrom and Andre Kopitar, they didn't get drafted either. So yep. that's more to do with the roster limits that we imposed than anything to do. Because had there had it been like we're building two lines worth of teams, and you needed two centers, those guys would have gone well before. Oh, yeah. A, a bunch of the guys that went.
0: And you pointed out the other day, when in a, a draft like this, you see a lot less of those over 30 guys get taken where teams are trying to build their core in, in a fantasy draft like this mm-hmm. for the most part to win over the next handful of years. And they're, they stay away from those older guys unless they're truly elite talents because they want to get value out of players.
1: Yeah, like in our our draft, Sidney Crosby I think went 4th.
0: Yeah, I believe and that's I would be, correct.
1: I would be really curious, yeah, 4th. I would be really curious if the NHL actually did this, like where do you where would he get drafted? Because it's easy to say, well he's, he's Sidney Crosby, so he's getting drafted somewhere in the top 10. But you look at his, you look at his age, and you look at if you only have five years of him, you know, before he decides to hang it up and retire. Yeah, was it worth it? Especially if the last two are typical, like old guy decline. Decliners. You know, so it's it's a tough it's a tough question.
0: Um, well, and and on the flip side, we saw someone just really entering their prime and Jack Eichel fall all the way to 10.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, Jack Hughes got taken, but that's another one where it's like a a tough rookie year. He didn't even get taken to play center. Yeah. So, you know, um, some of these, some of those guys, they just, you know, it's, it's, it was tough. Like, Shifley went at the end of the first round. You could make an argument that he's like the ninth or 10th best center in the NHL today. And he got drafted, I think 27th. Yep. So, you know, the, I was, what I was surprised about was the lack of defensemen, the, the prioritization of wings over defensemen kind of shocked.
0: Yeah. Me. There were a lot of wings that went in the first round when there were still a ton of high quality defensemen on the board.
1: Yeah. Like, Andre Svechnikov goes ahead of Miro Haskinen. Like, if you're trying to build a roster from the ground up, you know, that's it's it's, tough. as much as I love Svetch, but it's like, which, which guy is a true building block for you?
0: The list of guys that like truly can drive play to that level off the wing is Patrick Kane, maybe Taylor Hall hope you're hoping Lafreniere is that type of player. Yeah.
1: Who was for the record for anybody curious was ineligible for this. Right. So he did not get taken.
0: I'm, I'm with uh Danny Utes fan, by the way, we have to throw it all out because McKinnon ended up in Detroit. Yeah.
1: I, I almost reran it when. Detroit when Detroit got the, got the first, first. Pick And I was like, <laughs> but I also was like, yeah, but. He has to be Detroit's GM, so.
0: True. A consolation prize. Yeah. Honestly, Uh, the
1: first time I ran it, the Islanders got the first pick, and I didn't want to do that because I didn't want people thinking I rigged
0: it. Clearly rigged at that point. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It it popped up, and I laughed so hard and was like, can't do it. People are going to think I rigged this.
0: (laughs) Uh, pin King, we would actually at some point love to do a, a full 31 team, full roster draft, but it, it would take like 12 hours. So that's,
1: that's really the problem is that it would take so long and you'd have to try and get, you could do it over a couple of days, but even then it would still take a really long time and it's really hard. Have you ever, have you ever tried to get 31 people together for a birthday party?
0: Right. Right.
1: Like, it's just not easy to get thirty-one people to sit still for that long.
0: Well, eight, even
1: yesterday, Rudo had to be GM because yep, uh, our original Oilers GM guy. did not show. So, and it always happens. I think last year we had thirty-five GMs on hand, and had and we had a couple people backups, be, yeah. We had to, we had to, a couple people prepared to be assistant GMs that got elevated to GM on draft day. Because guys didn't show, and so it's just it's tough. We have we have like a core of like ten or fifteen that I think would be like absolutely all in. What would, would be all about it? But it's the other ones trying to do it. Yeah. And personally, as as fun as this is, I want to draft fifteen teams. Yeah. By myself. Nope. Like,
0: That'd be awful. And and I I think it's one of those things where it's like oh. Everyone in this community knows the Avs bottom six very well and probably has their favorite bottom sixers around the league. Yeah. But when you're drafting twenty-seventh spot in the eighteenth round and your options are right. a bunch of like dudes you've never even heard of.
1: Yeah, um, you're sitting there and you're like, Oh, should I take Brad Richardson? Is he still in the league? Yeah. <laughs> or like, well, what's Will Carrier up to? You know, oh hey, I could use the Ryan Reeves right now. Oh, give me Matt Calvert. You know, yeah. like it just somebody suggested yesterday that we do top six forwards, top four D and two goaltenders. And I really liked that.
0: Because That'd be that a way reasonable, Yeah.
1: You're avoiding the craziness of the full roster, but you're getting a real,
0: you get some depth fill out there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're starting to get a real picture of that roster or top four D. Cause those are, those are the players that are going to drive 80% of your success anyway. All I don't right. know. Maybe we'll do that.
0: We'll see. Depends on how long this off-season drags on, probably.
1: <laughs> you know, and just to touch on that, um, I haven't heard good things in the last 48 hours. It's feeling more and more mm-hmm. like this is going to go until February.
0: At which, not super surprising. We were gearing up for a February start a month ago, so... yeah.
1: I tell you I tell you what let's 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 say this if we if it's not gonna be a January first start let's use the Christmas break that everybody kind of has off of work Christmas Eve Christmas day the day after Christmas one of those we'll use that and we'll do this we'll do we can do another one of these drafts with uh top six and top four and two goalies
0: sounds good to me uh, looking forward to that. Um, and
1: and then a prospect because everybody was really yeah, excited about that.
0: We'll do that and when it's the disaster that I know it's going to be, we won't do it again after that.
1: <laughs> uh, People wanted to do it and it's like, look, give the people what they want let them, let them learn on their own.
0: If you're doing a six hour draft, what's another hour at that point? <laughs> um, we do need to take our first period break and first of all it's Cyber Monday, y'all. This is your last chance to get 80% off in the DNVR locker. Jump on over there if you haven't yet and get your amazing deals. I think we've already like reordered our hoodies three times because they're selling like ridiculous hotcakes. So make sure to get one of those before we sell out again and buy all of our other awesome merch. Whatever you like, whether it be Rockies, Nuggets, Broncos, Avs, or just some straight up DNVR merch. All of it's awesome. Highly recommend it all the way around. Congratulations on getting your hoodie, Steph. I've heard amazing things. I haven't gotten mine yet, but... I really, really need to get mine because I'm a big hoodie fan. So it's awesome. If you don't want to do that, you can also sign up for an annual membership, which costs $59.99. And if you sign up today, you get a $60 gift card to the DNVR Locker. So you're literally getting $60 of free merch or you're getting merch and a free annual subscription to the site as well. I just posted a thing about a ton of prospects that you can check out if you have that subscription. Highly recommend it. We are also sponsored by StravaCraft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives for Cyber Monday. They're giving you an extra 10%. You're getting a 30% off all of your StravaCraft Coffee when you use code CYBER30, so it's a great time to try them. Go online to StravaCraftCoffee.com and use that CYBER30 code to get 30% off when you order. The CBD is non-psychoactive and has been known to help many aches and pains, joint pain, IBS, migraines, many other things as well, so... Yeah, why not give it a try? And when you love it, you can sign up for their subscription service and get 20% off every single week heading on into the future. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. As we get into some of our favorite teams here, I do think we need to address one bias of our GMs. I believe 11 Avalanche players were taken yeah. In this draft, including both goaltenders, the entire top six forward core, and three defensemen.
1: Yeah. So that was RGM saying that all six of Colorado's forwards are worthy of being on a top line in the NHL. Yeah. Three of their defensemen are worthy of being on the top on a top pairing in the NHL. And both goaltenders should be starters.
0: So, take that however you want to take it. I'll 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 leave it that way. Just know that a lot of ABS players were drafted, and I I can't fully disagree with most of it.
1: Yeah, um, I really wish we had like a graphic that you made this year. Which, I wish we had it from last year's draft so that we could compare the two.
0: Yeah, I I'm pretty sure I don't have anything left from last year's draft. Yeah, me,
1: but... all we have all we have is the YouTube video, and I'm not going through it <laughs> right. manually redoing all of them. Yep. Um. But I will, I will say that the uh, the number of abs certainly went up. Pretty. I mean, Kale, Kale, yeah. Kale McCarr Kale went from being drafted halfway through the second round to being drafted seventh. Yeah,
0: way way up.
1: Yeah, he was the first defenseman taken. He was. What? Uh, I was talking to Z about this this morning because she was she was asking me more questions about it, and it was like. She was, she was wondering what it would be like if we had non ads fans running the teams and how different the draft would be. I imagine it would be quite a bit different.
0: I mean, the big conversation we had was Quinn Hughes didn't go until the second round.
1: Midway through
0: yeah. at that. After Kale McCarr goes seventh overall. And I think we both agree that McCarr better than Hughes, but not a full round and a half better than Hughes.
1: Sure. Like... McCar going seventh, Quinn Hughes. McCar going seventh might have even been high, but it Quinn, may have. But Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes should have been like twelfth, yep. and then Adam Fox somewhere behind them, but not several rounds Fourth round or them. wherever he went. Yeah, yeah. he had um, uh, Michael ended up with both of them. Yep. So he got both Hughes and uh, and Fox and, Adam, yep. and Fox.
0: Yep. So, and a small defensive pair. I guess I guess Fox isn't that small, but fifth was it fifth round? All right. Uh, so let's move yeah. in.
1: And that's again a, a great example of not nah, because I was going to take Fox where I took Ellis, and then I was like, well, if I take Ellis, I can't take another right hander. Yep. So that kept me from taking Fox where I took Ehlers, and there you go. You know, that's how. That's 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 why it would be fun to build a more th- fleshed out roster, so that you those do limitations like don't that. exist. Yeah. Yep. You just you just take guys, you just take the best player, try and build the best roster, and figure out the rest later.
0: So, despite us being an ABS podcast and showing the Avs biases of this draft, the one team we both agree is a cup contender <laughs> is Minnesota. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I would just like to say Minnesota had the same draft position that I did last year and got right around the same quality of roster that I did last so. season where I thought one of my, I thought my roster last year was one of the best and it started with Elias Patterson. Elias Patterson had an MVP-ish season and didn't move.
0: Take it. Got drafted, Get it. Yeah,
1: Got drafted 16th again. <laughs> so I just going up and down that roster. It's such, it's just such a good roster. Um, you know, Kyle Connor, a thirty goal guy, atrocious defensively, but with Provorov and Brett Pesci on the back end, and then Freddie Anderson in net, you can live with that. Alex Tuck is a top line guy. Um, I don't love, you know, I I've always been kind of tough on Tuck as it is. But you look at you look at some of the other guys that got drafted. I mean, Claude Claude Drew went one pick before you throw Claude Drew next to Pedersen and Connor, and that would have been nasty, right?
0: Uh, I agree, and and I do think Tuck is the weakest part of this roster, despite my love for Tuck. Yeah, um, but one. Yeah, sure. Claude drew one pick before, two picks before was uh, – or it's that one pick after, I guess, because we would have been – No, we'd have been going, going yeah, yeah. So two yeah. picks before was Brandon sod Who would you rather have there, sod or Tuck?
1: Well, all Tuck, things
0: considered, up.
1: Tuck. Yeah,
0: sure. So, yeah, I mean, you're you're asking a guy who also had fantastic playoff performance last season to be the weak link there you're feeling pretty good
1: yeah it's like everybody has their weak link on their team but that and for that to be that that to be the weak link was fine yeah. for it to be alex tuck it's just i just don't i'm not sold on him as a top line player but i think he's definitely um, a middle six
0: i i think he's a second line
1: i would be fine with that sure but. Like the only reason he's not a second liner in Vegas is because they're so strong on the wing. Yeah, between Pacharetti, Stone, Smith, and So it's like odd man out is Tuck. <laughs> Otherwise, he'd be in that top six just fine.
0: Yeah, it, it's it is interesting that the team in the middle of the draft, both these last two years, has has come away as one of our leading contenders. You kind of alluded to it,
1: but yeah. I, I tell you I so I've done it uh, you know this year I drafted 5th last year I drafted 16th I think it's I think it's easier to be in the middle because you're not
0: you don't have that getting, 60 pick weight <laughs> yeah Right
1: there yeah. isn't a 50 a ga- 50 pick gap in between where the talent level between your picks is enormous Yeah You know you're right in the middle of every round where you're not getting the really 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 high 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 end but you're walking out. I mean, you got Elias Pedersen. Like you have. You're not complaining about that. You're you're walking you're out of that like
0: very play. good position to capitalize on other people's mistakes, right? Just every time up and down the lineup or up and down the draft list, you just take whoever comes to you.
1: Yeah, it's it's the easiest position to let the draft kind of come to you because if you're at the top, you have to take one of those top guys, and you love that. Yep. You're not complaining. I'm not complaining about the fact that I started my roster with Austin Matthews. I'm completely comfortable there,
0: but you also end up with a Cal Peterson question mark,
1: but I, but there was going to be that question mark somewhere on the roster, right? Because I had to wait until, you know, my sixth round pick was at the, at the end. Yeah. So, you know, it's that, that gap made it difficult. And, I wonder like we should have gotten Luke to come on because he, he had Columbus who was in thirty
0: one who gets the double pick every sixty picks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Has
1: the double pick but then has to go, you know, it's one thing when you're you you wait that long, but you start your franchise with Nathan McKinnon. Yep. You know, it's totally different when you have the thirty-first pick and then you have back to back picks and then you have that huge gap. Yep. And like I you know i think he i think he went early on shesterkin but it didn't matter i this columbus roster i think would have been great for the future but it has two old guys on it yeah and one of those old guys when he took mark stone he didn't have a roster yet he didn't know that he was going to be future heavy
0: had to take a hard left later on and 60 picks later when he was picking again and and it turns out Jack Hughes was there
1: but it's like if you knew that you were going to take Stone and Shestergan it's kind of a weird fit because you have the guy that's very 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 win now and you have him you're you're like the next four or five years is it yeah with Shestergan you're thinking this guy could be my starter for a decade this could be my man in net for you know the next legitimately the next 10 years. He's 25 years old. This could be this could be the guy for if not the entire decade, certainly, you know, seven, eight, nine years of it. Yeah. So, you know, but then then taking Mark Stone, where it's like you're probably getting the rest of this guy's contract, and then that's the end of his career. And then start, you know, did again did the same thing. Chris Latang and then Rasmus Sandine.
0: Kind of split your <laughs> your feel there yeah you get you one guy, old guy could retire at the end of the season basically and
1: right 33 and then you have a guy with 28 nhl games played under his belt where you're like well
0: who knows <laughs> uh, we can take our second period break there as we do have to acknowledge draft kings sportsbook the number one rated sportsbook app out there and college basketball season is now underway and the college basketball powers that be have gifted us with a top tier matchup between two powerhouses you have Gonzaga and Baylor going toe-to-toe for what could be the number one spot in the nation DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing you closer to the action with some can't miss offers including college basketball fans who sign up now get the chance to win a hundred dollars when betting on either Gonzaga Or Baylor to win this clash. If you know who's going to win, go pick yourself up a hundred bucks and you'll Gonzaga all day. You believe?
1: After what they just did to my Jayhawks, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, Jayhawks. Way. No, all respect. Okay, fair enough. Gonzaga
1: Gonzaga worked them, man. (laughs) You
0: guys ain't going to fight people uh, off the side of the court this year
1: uh first of all State started that and second of all had somebody not gotten in the way big doke with that chair would have ended it forever well you can also get disappointed he held back because he should have that would have been the end of that rivalry for eternity not that i can call it a rivalry kansas state is irrelevant
0: well You can also bet on UFC fights if that's your type of thing or get a thousand dollars when signing up with a new code using with a new account, excuse me, using code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook, go download their number one rated sportsbook app and use that DNVR code. Again, you can win $100 betting on Gonzaga or Baylor, and you can get a $1,000 sign-up bonus with it. So jump on it for a limited time only, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25X play-through restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Jumping into some of these other contending rosters that we believe. So one of my picks was Nashville, which I know AJ and I are going to disagree a little bit here. But Nashville has Panarin, Wheeler, and Larkin up front with Pareko and Morrissey on the back end. But but the pick that cemented it for me is Ben Bishop because uh, Josh Morrissey. I think there's a bit of a question there with him on the top pairing. I really like Pareco there. I think he's a, he's the top pairing defenseman of the future for the blues.
1: We've seen Morrissey next to a top righty though. And that was when he was at his best when asked to be the number one guy and carry someone else. He struggled, but if he's, if he just has to play Robin to Pareko's Batman, exactly. He's going to be great.
0: And then if Ben Bishop can stay healthy, the ultimate Ben Bishop question, I think that team's a contender for sure.
1: I like it. Um, I don't, I don't love the Wheeler pick. That's a, that's a really big contract and an, and an older player that has already started to slip. But for right now, you throw that guy in the, between Dylan Larkin and Artemi Panarin. And yeah,
0: that line's going to pop he, off.
1: Probably going to age pretty well,
0: <laughs> and and no you team is going to age well anyway. Like you sure
1: get a good job of setting him up to 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 mitigate some of the damage of that, and then you know again if you get deeper into the roster, you know having a, that would be one where you would want to have a backup ready in case Definitely. Bishop injury issues come back up or another. Uh, another another wing to replace then, Wheeler so that you're not wasting that.
0: And this lineup I could certainly run into trouble there because Panarin ain't cheap either. A lot, sure. of, lot of expensive contracts going on there. but
1: Yeah, um, I would also say that um, Dylan Larkin, there's no way he gets to the fifth round in a deeper draft. Oh, so yeah. it was yeah. great value in this format, but...
0: He's going like third round if people can draft if you the need top two, six or whatever yeah, yeah if
1: you need two centers there's no way you're just you know you're messing around with like you he would not it, nashville would have been where nashville has been for a long time yeah. which is trying to find a difference maker at center uh getting dylan larkin in the fifth round it's it's great value but in a in a different format would have would have struggled
0: for sure so uh, it's interesting to see how these teams mash up. I do think Panarin is a nice pick alongside. If you're worried about Wheeler declining a little bit, look, Panarin's going to drive that line from the wing. So
1: yeah, I, my only real thing, can you throw the graphic back up? Cause I, yeah, think, sure. the, I think the top two picks were wings. Yeah. yeah. And I really struggle with that, man.
0: Sure. The, waiting on the, he could have picked a significantly better center than Dylan Larkin. Had he gone a little bit earlier.
1: And well, and waiting on a defenseman, and still getting Colton Pareco, thats Yeoman's work. But yeah. look at look at some of the centers that got drafted. I, I mean, just look at the very next check. Stamkos going, going yeah. You put Stamkos next to Panarin, and how are you feeling? And
0: that's disgusting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Do you have the Do you have the next page?
0: Uh. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: JT went. I mean,
0: yep. He, just those
1: two guys right there,
0: and you can see, like, even in the third round, Kuznetsov goes in the third round later, and you get yeah. a bunch of of center options before the fifth round. It, and this is a conversation we've had before, and just how important the center position is to a team, especially when it comes to driving offense.
1: Yeah. So for that for that Nashville lineup, imagine they take Stamkos and then instead of Wheeler, they have TJ Oshie on the right side. Yep. How much more do you like how do you feel about Panarin, Larkin, Wheeler versus Panarin, Stamkos, Oshie?
0: Yeah. I uh, I'll take Panarin, you don't... I'll pick Panarin, Stamkos and I mean Oshie is just whoever's left at that point right like
1: right like that's a that's a guy who's had a solid career yeah. uh and you know was a couple years younger than wheeler but should be similarly productive to wheeler as they continue to age together yeah you know true. and won't be near won't be nearly as expensive so that's where that's where i'm you know that that was where i got uh, nashville kind of lost me a little bit the end product ended up good but, but
0: how it got made is a little weird.
1: Yeah. Some of this is also because like I'm doing the judging here and I have like a strong, like core belief of how to build the team and it's down the middle. You either have to have a franchise center or you have to have a franchise defenseman. You have to, you have to walk away from this with one of those two and, and- Colton Pareco in the third round makes up for a lot of that. But Wheeler as the second pick specifically, You you look back and you're like, "I hear you." That if we if you would have known that Pareko would have been there in the third, yeah, and Aaron in the first, like, they you could either have another defenseman in the second round, and your defense is done. I like throw throw a Hampus Lindholm in there next to Colton Pareko, and you're like,
0: "I'm done." I it's hard still available. It's hard not to say. It couldn't have been better, but I do think also getting Panarin in the first is one of the elite wings that can do some of that for you.
1: Absolutely, it helps mitigate right. it. So, if you're gonna take a wing, you've got to take one of the one of the very tip top. Yeah, and right now I'm not sure there's a better one than Panarin. Yeah, you know Panarin between Panarin, Kane, Stone.
0: Well, and Panarin is the one in his prime guys. right now, right? So.
1: Yeah, I, I think Panarin and um, and Kane are... Actually, I think they're all pr- pretty close to each other.
0: I thought Kane was a touch older.
1: He might be like two years older.
0: Yeah, he's 32.
1: Ooh, I thought he was more like 30.
0: Yeah, so Kane's okay, starting so Kane's to get little, up there, yeah,
1: yeah. He's a little bit older. But anyway, my, my point still stands, like, You've got to, you've got to do one of those things, and for them to punt on it in the first two rounds and go wing wing, I mean, how many, how many teams have built around? We we talk about this. How many teams have built around wings and won Stanley Cups? Not many. You Alex Ovechkin, what did it do? Kuznetsov and Backstrom down the yep. middle? You know, you you Jerome McGinley never won one.
0: Yep. Even you know, even Patrick Chicago had Jonathan Tays down the yeah. middle for Patrick Kane like
1: and and you know Patrick Marlowe had Joe Thornton and even that wasn't enough
0: yeah didn't win a cup so it's hard it's a hard thing to do uh AJ which was your top pick was that the Blues
1: I did really like St. Louis which hurt me because they were one pick yeah. after me.
0: just just taking everyone that made you go oh I should have done that or snipe yeah, you, I, I guess, on the backside. Yeah. I
1: really, I really, when I took Ehlers, Gaudreau was available. And I thought, I was like, that was such a clutch pick. <laughs> Honestly, through the first four picks, I still like my team against theirs. The last two picks, though, when they didn't have any defensemen and they walk out with a top pairing yeah. of McDonough and Petrie.
0: Rounds five and six. That is excellent. Yeah.
1: Now, the big concern there, you know, I went futures with my last two picks. Yep, they're they're going to be much better today. We're immediately, they're going to be much better with no questions. There are no question marks in that in that those six picks. They have a legit top pairing. Jeff Petrie's long been one of the underrated defensemen in the NHL. Um, he's been playing top pairing for Montreal when Shea Weber's been hurt, so it's fine. He can do it. Ryan McDonough is a top pairing guy now, and has been for a long time, and you know was originally. Uh, was originally drafted by Montreal could have been a top pairing guy there too. Yeah. So now they just combine all these dudes and you know, you get, you get a top line of Kucherov, the trader and Goudreau. And you're like, this is insane. You have, you have playoff question marks because you know, Varley in his career, how does he do in the playoffs? It's been kind of iffy. He obviously was just fine in that run that he just had. But even then, had to, got replaced a couple of times, had some tough days. You know, Gaudreau and and JT have been very iffy in the postseason in their careers.
0: Yeah, I mean, my concerns are, who is Johnny Gaudreau in this coming year? He's been yeah. in a year-long funk of seemingly lost his identity as a hockey player. And, and he's still a good player in a funk, don't get me wrong. But is he the 100-point yeah. Johnny Gaudreau?
1: We're talking about Johnny Gaudreau like he's dead or something, <laughs> and he had a he had a fifty eight point season, but that's a far cry. That's the lowest of his career, right? And it's a long way from the ninety nine points he put up two years ago before he before the Avs
0: broke him. Honestly,
1: yeah. just turned him into the ghost that he's become. Yep. Uh, So, I mean, two years ago, we do this draft, Johnny. I'm curious where Johnny
0: Gaudreau went in last year's draft
1: because him getting the third round.
0: Yeah, there's no way he made it to the third round last year. You talk
1: about the difference in playoff performance because one of the reasons that I picked up Ehlers when I did, which was a pick before Gaudreau, was because he broke out in the postseason. He never scored. He'd had this long, long history of not being any good in the playoffs. He was awesome for Winnipeg, easily their best player. And it was like, okay, I'm good, I'm sold. I believe and and I'm gonna put him next to great players. I'm gonna put him next to Austin Matthews. I'm not worried about it. But you have to you have to wonder. And the all the other thing is that team is older.
0: Yeah, that's you know. between Petrie and McDonough, you're probably okay this first year, but Petrie will be thirty three in, yeah. in a couple days. Um so that cliff is coming, it's just a matter of when
1: that's that's a defense where that top pairing is probably good you're hoping for two years to get out of that thing and then after that you're just hoping they age gracefully enough that they remain top four because they're they're both fine forever and then that would be another one where it's like okay you did a good job to that all right well you need to follow it up and you need to get young blood on that defense you've got to go and get some youth somewhere on that defense
0: And then, and then my final concern would be not necessarily Varley's playoff performance, but can he stay healthy for you?
1: Sure.
0: If you get health out of your contender. Yeah. Some of someone like Varley, maybe a bit more of a question than others is all. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's going to dog him till the end of his career because he had splody groins when he was in Colorado.
0: The old splody groins. You hate to see it. Um, Uh, You had one other team that you really liked, correct? Was it Florida?
1: Uh, Florida and Ottawa I both really liked.
0: Let's do Florida first because they're not quite as young. Uh, Hellebuck, I believe, was the first goalie taken. No, Vasilevsky was first a little bit earlier. Excuse me. Hellebuck was second. Uh, The goalie I wanted was picked one pick before me. So well done there.
1: Uh, Tom Gibson consolation prize. Yeah, it worked out pretty him. okay.
0: Worked out pretty okay, but uh and then another guy who waited to pick a center, uh, going Kane and then Hall on the wings in the second and third rounds.
1: Yeah, and two two really high-end puck distributors and then a guy in Monahan that he's made his whole career with Johnny Gaudreau just feeding him pucks. Yep. So for him to go from Gaudreau to Kane and Hall is nasty. Yeah. He, I, I'm, again, good. Sean Monahan doesn't last five rounds if we're doing multiple lines, but in sure. this format, a great a great resource in waiting and saying I can still get a good center. And it
0: it is one of Hall and Kane can do everything, don't get me wrong, but they're also both very good puck distributors, and Monahan being the finisher there.
1: Yeah. It's easy to see how it would work. Yep, for sure. It's very easy to see that. And then Suter, you know, he's he's older but he had not really slowed down that much. The yeah. guy still kicks ass.
0: He plays and that very passive style that you can get away with playing for a long time. It's
1: it's the Connor Timmins high IQ style where it's yeah. like, look, it, you know, physically there it might not all be there, but as long as he plays a really smart game, He's gonna be very good. That the suitor is is what we're hoping Timmons turns into, like the poor man version of. Yep. And then Severson, when you wait, when you wait six rounds to get your second defenseman, that's life.
0: Yep. Sometimes you gotta you gotta take what's left and.
1: Severson's fine. Like he's a he's decent analytically. He's he's well liked and he's a <laughs> solid guy.
0: There aren't many picks that you're gonna say aren't fine in this draft. I mean,
1: there weren't very many that I really struggled with. Um, Shosterkin is the first pick of the second round. I really struggled with. Um, that's the only one off the top of my head that I really, as uh, well as the Danochar getting drafted at all. I struggled yeah, with. Yeah, that was
0: weird. I think Bennington um, way early or something too, but
1: Bennington, the Anaheim's whole draft was kind of odd. And then obviously this Brian rust picked to Philadelphia here in the fourth round. Um, I thought was a little odd at the time. But, like you look at Andre Pilat went in the fifth round of, to Tampa Bay and you can make the argument that Andre Pilat's better than Brian Rust.
0: It, but I mean, you look at these things at the same time and you go, well, okay, sure. They drafted rust in the fourth round. It was weird, but then they got Eckholm in the fifth,
1: right? So <laughs> you, you have a defensive of Ekholm and Carlson, and you have Bull Horvat next to Jonathan Uberdo. You know Brian Brian Rust is it's like, all right, well, it's not it's not amazing, but you put him in a, a position where he's going to be able to he's going to be playing with pretty good players. Yep. The big question is Bull Horvat at number one.
0: That team's going to find out. Either that, or Huberto's going to have to start carrying the load.
1: You know, you look at you look at Horvat. He got drafted in the third round, um, as, and he's a second line guy. He's he's a two C in Vancouver. Yep. You're hoping that he can he can pick his game up and and have the offensive production of a one C. Sean Monahan's been a one C, and he got drafted in the fifth round.
0: Yep. It's just valuation,
1: man. It's different.
0: It's tough too. We put that 15 second clock on everybody, roughly.
1: Yeah, and people were pretty good about it until the end, of course, where people are, like, picking guys that
0: have been been limited, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, pressure's on a little bit at times, too. So you had Florida, and then you also have Ottawa, which I think we both agree is the best team built for the future.
1: Really? I mean, the mix for it is really good because, I mean, Meyer and Keller – Shabbat and Aho and Dobson, all of these. I mean, the entire team is like under 25. Yep. <laughs> so that's that's one where you could easily see those guys taking a huge step forward. Noah Dobson is a massive leap of faith. Yeah, Maybe the biggest leap of faith that we had in, in the, the whole
0: draft. Team. Yeah. But if it hits, it's a slam dunk.
1: For sure. And, and next to Thomas Shabbat where you're not worrying about Shabbat, Aho is a one C it's the job he's already doing Timo Meyer and Clayton Keller on the top lines. uh, That's a job. Clayton Keller has been doing Meyer. It's, it's not like a huge step up for him. He's been a hard top six guy for a while now. And the real question here is
0: Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah.
1: McKenzie Blackwood had a really strong start to a really strong finish to the year last year. Can he carry that over? You know, this is a former second round pick top prospect. We've been waiting a long time, you know, a long time. It's been like 2 years to see if he would live up to that potential. He started to, so, you know, he got he got drafted here. He was a 6th round pick last year. He was one of the he was one of those goalies that somebody snagged in a I hope this goes well kind of way last season and, you know, at the end of the year it did. Is so that's that, that Ottawa team, you give them 2 years and they could be the best team out there.
0: That is the question. Uh, we do have the Ams here, just because it happened to work out this way. Seth Jones, Bergeron, Pacioretty, OEL, Mrazek, and Perron. Outside of Jones, a very win-now lineup, and even Jones an, to a certain an, extent. Yeah,
1: an older roster for sure, but Jones and OEL is, would be a lot of fun. I would be really curious to see how much OEL's game picks up if he gets that kind of talent right. around him, instead of having to hard carry some Arizona. older guys on the team.
0: For sure. Would be interesting. The Peron in the sixth round, I think, is excellent value for a guy who's had a couple of career years if he can keep it up. But
1: At four for four million dollars, it's just great value, um, cap wise. Uh, that's a guy where I wonder in an expanded draft, Peron, the the 30 year olds, I think probably go a little bit later. Yep. Um, but Peron, like that's good. That's just good solid value. I mean, imagine. Vegas with uh, took Jake DeBrusque. You know you're s- sitting right next to him. They have they have Jake DeBrusque, and it's like, which one would you rather have today? Well, you'd rather have Perron, but three or four years from now, it's
0: gonna be DeBrusque. Yeah,
1: but but how much better does DeBrusque
0: get? Is that and that's that's why it's so tough with some of these younger guys, where you're saying, do you think this guy reaches his potential or not? Yeah. And if he reaches it you look like a genius if he busts it's a disaster. But
1: Yeah. Well and, and in the case of DeBrusque here he's put on a he, he now he has to be a top line guy. Yeah. But he has a, a a number 1 center in Carlson where he's not you know we've seen William Carr numbers have gone down 3 years in a row. Yep. Since the crazy season where it was like he'll he'll never do this again. He's not <laughs> he's not ever going to score 40 goals again like it's just not going to happen. It was it was be on it was unrealistic for Vegas fans to be like, This is totally happening again. I know that they got really defensive about it because when the guy is in the middle of it, you're you don't wanna think when you're seeing it happen every day, you don't wanna think about well, look at his shooting percentage and like I mean Come
0: that, on. that was also Vegas's first year, right? So that was yeah. all they've ever known,
1: <laughs> right? But that—that I—it was happening, and I remember there were certain certain people that were very very defensive about sure. it. And this his follow-up year where he scored twenty-four goals, had fifty-six points in eighty-two games. Like that, I think is a very reasonable William Carlson bar. You know, he he had forty-six points last year. But injuries and the season didn't finish, so it wasn't a massive drop. But like as you're one C, even a guy that gives you 56 points had that that's that's the low end of one season, the NHL. For sure. And, and so you wonder percentage
0: and, is 13.8, by the way. And he shot 23 really in the in the insane year.
1: But yeah, and part of the 13.3 or whatever is the twenty three. Yeah. you take out you take that year out. I'm I'm curious what his shooting percentage it, is.
0: Well, yeah, he had of his full years. His first two years, he shot eight point three and six point two five, and then after the crazy year, it was fourteen point two and ten point nine. So it's better than it was in the early part of his career, but twenty three is just ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Right, anytime, anytime somebody shoots twenty percent, you're like, "Look, this isn't going to happen this is again."
0: Probably not sustainable. Yeah. And then
1: Leon Drysaddle does it two years in a row, and you're like, "Dude, what?"
0: Some people just have it, but you got to prove that you can do that.
1: Yeah, there's just not there's not many guys like even even Dreisaitl, the early in his career, you know, 14, 16.9, 12.9, yeah. and then 21.6, 19.7. There's a huge. There's there's a reason when guys take these massive leaps from hey, he's a 25 goal scorer to hey, he's a 45 goal scorer. <laughs> unless unless the volume of your shots increases like crazy like it did for McKinnon. Yeah. You know, chances are it's percentage driven because McK- I mean McKinnon took a big leap too, but his was from, like, 8% to 11%. Yeah, he,
0: it's not like he's shooting the roof off the building or anything. Yeah,
1: it's just that he shoots all the time.
0: Yeah, he The anyway, big, yeah. He didn't shoot that much more that first breakout year, 17-18, but then the last two years he's put well over 300 shots on net. He's, I think he's on pace for, like, almost 400 if the full season was played this year. Oh, so.
1: yeah, yeah. He had 318 and 69 games played, yeah, so. versus 365 and 82 the year before. So he was he was, and it's funny if you go back and you look at Ovechkin's heyday, none of those are even close to him. Yeah,
0: Ovechkin has like 500 shots a yeah. season for like three yeah. straight years or something insane. But
1: it's it's funny that like McKinnon's been the league leader in that because yeah, the let he. He has three seasons. Ovechkin has three seasons over 400. That's insane. And a 528 in 79 a
0: 528. Games. What even?
1: Yeah, shot 10.6 10. <laughs> that year, and it's and scored 56 goals. <laughs>
0: what 528 shots in 82 games like so
1: in 79 games he didn't even play full 7 in
0: 70 oh my god so you would had like 5 575 in like three more cuz he'd have to, he's got to be averaging like eight shots a game or something insane but um it I,
1: was 6.6 shots per oh, game. God
0: yeah so well over f- uh, it'd been it would been right around 550 maybe a little bit short but yeah had he played 82. Um we do have Cygnus in the chat and Chicago did get a lot of love on Twitter from some people as a quality lineup.
1: Yeah, so my problem's here. Um Sveshnikov is great cuz Netsov is great. Hughes and Fox are great. Brandon Saad's not a top-line player and andre Fleury kind of sucks now. And when you're bad defensively and your goalie kind of sucks now, you've set yourself up to get lit up. Yeah, it that's was very true to life Chicago
0: that's where I'm at is it's, I think it's going to score a billion goals, but yeah. you're asking Quinn Hughes and Adam, Adam Fox, particularly who was extremely sheltered in New York. Right. Uh, to now be a top pairing defenseman. And you have Mark Andre Fleury as the guy you're asking to bail him out.
1: And a part of, part of what makes Hughes and Fox as special and as they are, is that, they they each run a power play really really
0: well. Right, you have the and, same two guys fighting for that PP one spot there. Yeah,
1: are they if are they going to be together? And those five guys that you just drafted is your top power play unit. Then again, Brandon Sod's the a weak, link. weak link there. Yeah, especially because with the next pick, Claude Drew went. Yep. So you could have had Claude Drew. Instead of Brandon sod there. And I think that would have made that a lot more intriguing for me. The issues would have remained the same though. Yep. Uh, defensively and that Hughes and Fox kind of cannibalize their strength. They're, it's, it's like taking their strengths and doubling up on them instead of trying to fill in the gaps and say, okay, well, we need a guy now that kind of balances him out on the other side. And then it's very all in with that personality and I I liked it because identity is important, and there were some teams that got drafted that didn't seem to have one. That one was, and it was just score all the goals in existence. But it definitely with,
0: stuck to their guns. Yeah,
1: Flurry is the guy trying to stop it. Like even if he turns back the clock, you're not getting it from sustained success. Yep you know he's in as much he for me mark andre Fleury at this point is as big a question mark as cal peterson I think it's that's just fair yeah it's just one of them costs seven million dollars
0: one of them has a sword run through them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um okay uh we do need to acknowledge breckenridge brewery the official beer of dnvr you can get them at your local liquor store using the breck beer locator online or go down to the farmhouse in littleton and get curbside pickup if that's your jam uh, any, any final thoughts on this, uh, fantasy lineup draft we had here, AJ?
1: Um, honestly, just glad that everybody did it. Um, it's hard to get people together to do fun things like this. I love the idea. If we have the enthusiasm for it. Uh, I love the idea of us doing the expanded one in December. Probably, honestly, I probably wouldn't turn that into another pod. That would just be something fun for us to do yeah um because the people that aren't involved in this probably have no interest in it which is totally fine but it's the off season and we're gonna do some different things we also used those gms by the way to make expansion protection lists um most of them have gotten back to me by now i think i think we're at let me pull it up i've got
0: 26 yeah or twenty, yeah, twenty six.
1: Yeah, I have twenty five teams uh, totally finished, and we got one during the show, so we're at twenty six teams. Um, and then we're going to do a full. We're going to use those lists, and Rudo and I are going to draft the Kraken.
0: The show everyone's been waiting for.
1: To be to be honest, we get we get asked for that that show like
0: every day, constantly.
1: <laughs> yeah, can you guys, can you guys do the expansion draft? So we got we got all the we got thirty people to be GMs and do the protection lists. So we're going to do the show. Um, no trades, but we are going to talk a lot about them because there are some teams that are in
0: trouble. Yep. So canceled should be fun. There. That might be the end of this week. Maybe next week we'll see uh, how the schedule works out. But looking forward to that. Got a bunch more shows. Hopefully at some point some NHL news for you. But, you know.
1: Hey, the Q, is, the, the Q canceled all operations until January 3rd. So that's yep.
0: news. Wrong kind of news, unfortunately.
1: Drew Ellison was invited to USA's WJC camp. Yeah,
0: has a pretty darn good chance of making the team, too, based on yeah. the team they brought.
1: Yeah. Um, please pick him over Alex
0: Vlasic. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, seriously, yeah, it, it should be exciting. I mean, I guess that's the next big major hockey event is WJC's over Christmas. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, why poor Justin Barron?
0: Yeah, I don't know what's
1: geez. he should make. He he has a good chance to make Canada's WJC team. I'm not feeling bad for that guy at all, right? Unless something happened that I don't know about. Yeah, I,
0: unless I missed news possible. today.
1: It's always possible. I'm I'm still sort of in half vacation mode right now, because once the season starts, it's going to be the most compact season we've ever covered. Yeah, it's going to so, be a
0: straight up sprint. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean. The, the prospects that are struggling, if you go read my piece, are Matt Steinberg, who has a leg injury and is out till the new year. Yeah. And Sasha Mutala, who went to the AJHL just so they could cancel everything. Yeah. <laughs> he plays one game and then they <laughs> shut down. And yeah. it was like, okay. Well, you, you tried. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Yeah feel bad for Bocage though. He was in the middle of getting ready yeah. to set every
0: record he ever was in the queue merking the goals but oh well, you can read more about all the prospects on the dnvr.com. We're out of here for the day. Thank you everyone for watching, listening, however you consume. And a special thank you to everyone who participated in the draft and expansion stuff. We appreciate all you guys uh doing that stuff with y'all. If y'all want to do it, we we're here to do it. So Thank you, and we will talk to y'all tomorrow.